This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us is here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The Dynasty Stock Report Summer Series continues with the AFC South this evening. If you have missed any of the previous six, please get back and go back and listen to them and check them out. I have shared my thoughts, my feelings, stock up, stock down, stock neutral, who I'm buying, who presents good value on every single relevant fantasy player in every single division of the NFC. And then the last previous two, I talked about the AFC East and the AFC North leading us to tonight, the AFC South. We really enjoy doing these podcasts for you because it's our opportunity to share our thoughts and feelings on the NFL guys, where we don't get a chance to talk about these guys too often. Mostly the rookies, the college guys transition into the NFL, the underclassmen in college. So this is our, our opportunity to kind of, you know, just give you another, you know, another opinion, another voice in terms of what people might think of these guys. So we greatly enjoy doing these in the summer. They're easy listens. A lot of people very busy traveling doing this, but you know, these 20 to 25 minute podcasts are a quick way to kind of share our thoughts on just about every relevant player in the NFL. So let's get this started with the first team in the AFC South, and that is the Houston Texans. I'm going to say stock up on Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure how much further his stock can go, but I do think as they hopefully slowly start to rebuild that offensive line, I don't think they're there yet, but as they rebuild that offensive line, I think the opportunity for Deshaun Watson to put up even better stats is there. I think Deshaun Watson has the capability to be the QB1 overall this year with his running and passing ability. If he can stay upright, if they can do a average job on the O-line, I think Watson should be one of the top dynasty quarterback assets right there with Patrick Mahomes is, the Andrew Lux, the Baker Mayfield. I think Deshaun Watson is right there in that mix as well as a elite high-end QB1. I'd love to get him anywhere I could if somebody was selling him. At the running back position, I'm going to say stock neutral on Lamar Miller. I'm going to say stock neutral because they didn't go out and invest in anybody else in the offseason of any significance or value. A couple UDFA free agents keep a close eye on Karan Higdon, Demarie Crockett. But besides that, it's basically... Same as last year. The one difference is leading to the second guy. I'm going to say stock up on Dante Foreman out of Texas. His rookie year, he started to show some signs of a guy who was ready to really push Lamar Miller, whether make that a full-blown committee, whether he was going to push for more touches, and then he tore his Achilles tendon. We know how much of a serious injury that is. It's almost a death nail in the NFL world. But Dante Foreman last year got back a little bit. But now all reports this offseason are that he's looking good. He's he's looking like he's almost back to full strength. It's impossible to know in offseason workouts, OTAs, and mini camps. But he's going to get every opportunity because, like I said, they didn't go out and really invest in that position. They only have a you know an aging veteran, Lamar Miller, who I think we know who he is at this point. He's a serviceable RB2, and if you need that for this year, I think Lamar Miller still has an opportunity to be a low-end RB2, high-end RB3, provided he gets enough of the workload. He needs a lot of the workload, but Dante Foreman is the guy who intrigues me. I think he's the value buy right now. I think he 
can be bought at a reasonable price. And I think his stock is up because they don't have anyone else really behind him. And he's going to get an opportunity to fully come back from that. And if he does, it adds a different dynamic. His power, he's got explosion for a man his size. Foreman is a really intriguing guy. I've been taking a lot of him in best ball leagues. I have him in some dynasty leagues. I'd love to get my hands on him in others. I think right now people are very down on him just because the injury. We've never seen anyone really come back from that type of injury and have a really productive fantasy career, uh, football career, and then obviously fantasy results. But I'm I'm not down on Foreman. I'm I'm more on the other side. I think there's based on what he's costing right now and based on what that depth chart looks like, I think stock up on Foreman. I think he's a sneaky pick in all types of leagues, a a sneaky buy in dynasty right now. I'm liking Dante Foreman at the wide receiver position. uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think his stock can go any higher. So I'm going to say stock neutral on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Obviously one of the, top dynasty wide receiver assets for many people, maybe the the number one overall dynasty receiver. I think he's right up there. Him or Odell Beckham, you know, you could add Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas and Julio Jones to that mix. Obviously Julio a little bit older than the rest of that group. So maybe he's number five, but the other four, I think you can make a case to rearrange them in any way you want. Uh, but obviously an elite and wide receiver. I'm going to say stock neutral for Will Fuller. Stock neutral because Kiki Kuti really impressed last year, and I think his stock is up. So if Kiki Kuti's stock is up, Deshaun Watson's talking about him. The beat writers are talking about him. He's a guy who Deshaun Watson liked thrown to his slot guys. I think he can be a guy who catches 65 to 70 passes. And if he catches 65 to 70 passes, and we know DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his, what does that leave for Will Fuller? I think it leaves enough because they don't have a lot of production from their tight ends or their running backs right now. So I do think all three of them could be fantasy viable, but I think Will Fuller is more probably an inconsistent wide receiver three than the opportunity to be a wide receiver two. And I know when he's been healthy and played with Deshaun Watson, his stats have been unbelievable. But I think I think right now, stock neutral and Will Fuller, we kind of got to see how all three of them together on the field shake out a little bit. So I will say stock neutral on Will Fuller, but I still think there's room for him to be a wide receiver. Three, Kiki Kuti, stock up in PPR formats because I am intrigued by his skill set, what he showed last year as well. None of the other wide receivers really on the radar, DeAndre Carter, uh, Vincent Smith, Jester Wee, all those guys. Uh, at the tight end position, I, I like Cahill Warren a lot. So he's a rookie, I think, so stock neutral that we see how he develops. But I think now's the time to get Cahill Warren on your roster because I don't think he's going to be very impactful this year. They have Jordan Thomas. They have Jordan Aikens. So, you know, Darren Fells is still there. But I do think Cahill Warren by next year could be fantasy viable. I like his overall skill set. He's been probably going in the third round of rookie drafts. I think the question is always him, Josh Oliver, or Dawson Knox. I think it's a toss-up between those guys, but I like Cahill Warren the most on film pre-draft, but I think they're all close. It's almost flip a coin, but I like Warren the most, and I like his paired with Deshaun Watson. We saw Deshaun Watson really utilize the tight end in Clemson and Jordan Leggett. I like Cahill Warren to develop in the future, so I think now's a good time to try to get him on your dynasty roster. Let's take this to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to say stock up on Andrew Luck. Another year in Frank Reich's offense, another year removed from his injury, and more playmakers added to the fold this year, the return of Deion Kane, the drafting. 
uh, the signing of Devin Funches, the drafting of Paris Campbell. So I'm going to say stock up on Andrew Luck. He's already one of the most highly regarded quarterbacks in dynasty formats, but I would say stock up on him. He could also push to be the QB one as well this year with Deshaun Watson, with Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and they're all very much in the mix. At the running back position, I'm going to say stock up on Marlon Mack. I think we still haven't seen him have a year-round breakout season. I think the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They didn't go out and bring in really any other running backs except Spencer Ware. I think Marlon Mack, while he might not be a very impactful receiver, I think he'll add some to the receiving game. Uh, But I think his touchdown opportunity, we're talking 10 to 12, 1,000 to 1,200 yards. I think he's got... I think he's a rock solid RB2 who could push to produce low RB1 numbers, even without much in the receiving game based on his yardage and his touchdown potential. Uh, I think Marlon Mack is a stock up and a good buy if you can get him, but it's probably going to cost you right now. His value is pretty high, rightfully so. Naheem Hines, I'm going to say, is a stock neutral. You know, they brought in more weapons in the passing game, so I think that hurts Naheem Hines a little bit in terms of maybe his role, a versatile offensive chess piece, but because they brought in Paris Campbell, because the return of Deion Kane and the signing of Devin Funches and the return to health of Jack Doyle as well to start the year with two tight ends now. I, I just don't know what that leaves for Naheem Hines. Do I think he's going to be a guy who can be a good change of pace or third down pass catching running back? For sure. I just don't know if it is accompanied by him having enough volume to be fantasy viable. Maybe a running back three slash four in PPR leagues? Maybe. Uh, but I think that, you know, we kind of got to see how that offense shakes out. I love the real life player. I think he's an impactful game changing type player on the field. I just don't know what it translates to fantasy right now. So I think he's, you know, PPR leagues, obviously more value than, than half point or, or standard, but I still think even in those settings, he's more of a running back three slash four and wait and see Jordan Wilkins, Spencer Ware, stock neutral or stock down on those guys. Unless there's an injury, I don't really see those guys uh, being very fantasy viable at the wide receiver position. I'm going to say stock up on T Y Hilton because I think the rest of these players that have been brought in Paris Campbell, Devin Funches, Deion Kane, it's going to take some attention away from T.Y. Hilton. So while, yes, he might lose some percentage of looks and shares of the targets, but I think he could be more efficient. I think he could have more big plays this year because of those other guys. So I'm not ready to say, you know, stock down on T.Y. Hilton, even if he loses, you know, a percentage of looks. I think he could be more efficient. I think he can be uh more big plays in this offense. I think it's going to be a great offense. I think there's enough to go around for everybody. So I'm going to say stock up. I think the Colts are going to have one of the better offenses in football. Devin Funches, I'm going to say stock down on Devin Funches based on where he was in with Carolina. He, I think in Carolina, he got more of a look and more of a target share than he's going to get here. I know some people want to look at him and say maybe he's this year's Eric Ebron. I don't see it there. They have a lot of guys there that I think are fantasy viable and and their skill sets. I think Devin Funch is going to have a role. He could be a red zone weapon, but I don't think his targets, his re- opportunity, his receptions, his yards are going to be consistent fantasy production. I think he's probably going to be a wide receiver four type and he's going to need touchdowns to produce as a wide receiver four because I think with Hilton there, the, the strong running game, and then the next guys I'm going to talk about, I think Paris Campbell's a stock neutral, might be a year away from really being a big part of this 
passing game, but I do think I do think they have big plans for Paris Campbell. Uh, they wanted to even take him earlier in the draft than they did, but they were able to wait a little bit longer into the second round and take him at the back end of round two. So I think Paris Campbell, very intriguing player, better route runner than people give him credit for. Uh, people want to pigeonhole him a little bit because of how Ohio State asked to use him, but I think he's got more skill set than that. And then also a guy like Deion Kane. I'll say stock neutral, but they're they're raving about him. Reports again in the offseason are how much they like this guy. They he had an opportunity to be a starter last year as a late round pick last, rookie, but before his injury. So between Hilton and Kane and Funches and Paris Campbell, you know, and then the tight ends and then the running and then the pass catching, you know, running back in Naheem Hines, I think it's it kind of makes for a interesting uh, discussion there with who's going to produce after T.Y. Hilton. So I think it's going to be a, a wait and see. At the tight end position, stock down on Eric Ebron. Last year was the best year we're ever going to see of Eric Ebron's career. I truly believe that. While I think he's a talented player, when Jack Doyle was healthy, he had he played more snaps. He saw more targets. So while I think Ebron will have his moments, I think he's being drafted way too high and his value right now is way too high compared to where it should be. I think him and Jack Doyle are more low tight end to high tight end two types and kind of see how it shakes out. Is there enough to go around for both of them to be top 15 tight ends? I'm not sure about that. I think the season's going to have to come and play out to see how that settles itself on the field. Let's take this to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Starting with Nick Foles, their big addition in the offseason, I'm going to say stock neutral on Nick Foles. I just think, you know, what we remember of him in the Philadelphia offense is going to be very different than what he's asked to do here. I think he's going to much be, more, be much more of a game manager type. Uh, they want to be a strong power running team, but have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and is serviceable. I think that's what they're going to ask of Nick Foles, but I don't think he's got the weapons to really be impactful in fantasy. I think we're talking low QB2, QB3 type. Uh, so I think stock neutral on Nick Foles. I don't think uh, you know he's going to have any type of breakout or be a guy that people want to rely on regularly. I think he's a low QB2 in super flex or two quarterback leagues. At the running back position, I'm going to say stock up on Leonard Fournette. And the reason I'm going to say stock up is there was talk that they were maybe going to move on from him. They didn't move on from him. They brought in a fourth-round rookie in Raquel Armstead. They let TJ Yeldon leave. I think Leonard Fournette's going to get every opportunity to be the bell cow guy there again. Can he stay healthy? That's a major question mark. Can he behave? That's a major question mark. But if you're just talking about opportunity on the field, I think stock up on Leonard Fournette. I do think they still want him to be the focal point of that offense. Heavy touchdown production potentially there. Heavy workload production there. Uh, so I think Fournette could be a guy who produces at a RB1 level and maybe is not being looked upon as a top 10 uh, running back right now. But I do think his opportunity is high, even if it's only in the short term, because the injury concerns, the character stuff, is he going to move on to another team? I think those are all real, but I think for this year and you know maybe for another year, we got to kind of see how it plays out. I still think they're going to give him every opportunity, his power, his strength, his speed, his athleticism for a man his size. All are, all are, are really good. So he's got a lot of skill to develop into the guy that they wanted him to be and, and go back to the guy that we saw a couple of years ago. But I do think it all depends on his health. And 
if he's kind of mended fences a little bit there with the coaching staff, the front office, and what's, you know, he wants to get his money. So maybe he's on his best behavior. Raquel Armstead, I think is stock neutral, but a really intriguing dynasty buy, especially if he's a guy, you know, mid third round, late third round. I think he's an intriguing guy. I like his toughness, his physicality, his inside running reminds me a lot of a Chris Carson type for net can stay healthy. I've already talked about the character stuff that has gotten him into trouble. So I think Raquel Armstead is an intriguing guy to get on your dynasty rosters right now and kind of wait out and see what happens with Leonard Fournette. At the wide receiver position, I'm going to say stock up on D.D. Westbrook. I think he's the guy who has the the most chance to be a consistent wide receiver three in terms of fantasy. I know some people are higher than that. I think if he develops, he's a wide receiver three type, you know, mid to low end wide receiver three in terms of consistency. But I do like his skill set more than any other wide receiver on the roster. I'm going to say stock neutral on Marquise Lee. Let's see how he kind of gets back into form. He might be a guy that Nick Foles kind of, connects with and develops some chemistry in the area that Nick Foles likes to really throw the ball in that intermediate range, I think is where he's most comfortable. Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, uh, all those guys, I'm going to say, uh, stock neutral kind of see if any of those guys kind of develop, uh, is something to watch closely. Uh, I think DJ Chark has a lot of talent, but he was very raw coming out of LSU. He needed to develop his overall route running. So I think, you know, it's one of those things where not sure this is the offense where he's going to, you know, really show and shine. So we'll see about that. Does he develop this year? I'm sure they want him to as an early round pick, but he's going to have to kind of wait it out. I don't see fantasy viability from DJ Chark this year. Keelan Cole was the the sleeper of everybody in last year's fantasy drafts and the dynasty by, you know, by me and by many other people. He kind of took a step back after his productive rookie year. There's a lot of guys there, you know, so DD Westbrook is the one guy that I think can give you consistent wires here for re- the rest. I think it's very much a stock neutral kind of weighted out and see what happens. You can add Chris Conley to the mix. Who's gotten some glowing reports, you know, in the off season, uh, you know, about what's going on there as well at the tight end position. I've already mentioned his name briefly before Josh Oliver is an intriguing player for me because I think he's another one of those guys, third round rookie pick with the Dawson Knoxes, with the Cahale Warrens. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how quickly he emerges. He's a very good pass catching, uh, you know, wide receiver, very good pass catching tight end. So it'll be interesting to kind of see Nick Foles, it is time in Philadelphia, obviously utilizing tight end a lot. Jacksonville has been looking for a pass catching tight end to kind of add that dynamic uh, element to their offense. Maybe Josh Oliver's the guy, big jump up from San Jose State to the NFL. So it'd be interesting to kind of see how he performs uh, and how quickly he gets an opportunity. But I think he's a great dynasty buy, a guy that I'd love to get on my roster, like I said, in the third round of those rookie drafts and kind of wait it out if it's a deep league, if it's a you know, if it's a taxi squad league, maybe Josh Oliver doesn't get a big opportunity this year, but I do think he's going to get an opportunity based on that depth chart. I do think we can see him uh, potentially uh, have some impactful moments. I just don't think the consistency will be there. 
And let's finish this off with the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to say stock down on Marcus Mariota until he shows me a little bit more than what we've seen, staying healthy, being productive. It's hard to say anything else but stock down on Marcus Mariota. They brought in a more competent backup and potentially a guy who can push him in Ryan Tannehill, who's still young and got some raw tools himself. So stock down on Marcus Mariota. He needs a big year this year, I think, to be looked at as the long-term guy there in Tennessee. Uh, I already talked about Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's going to be the long-term answer there in Tennessee, but he could get an opportunity if Mariota struggles or falters early on in the year. Derrick Henry, I'm going to say stock up on Derrick Henry. I still think he's being, well, I don't think he's going to be the guy that we saw in the last few weeks of the year where he was like the the RB1. I still think he's got a capability to be a high RB2 based on the opportunity, the workload, and the touchdown potential that he's going to get. He's never going to be much of a guy who impacts it in in terms of receiving. So he's always going to be more valuable in a half point or standard league than a full point PPR. But 10 to 12 touchdown potential, you know, 11, 1200 yard potential. That would still very much put him in the high RB2, low RB1 mix if that was the year we're looking at. So I think his stock is still up. They didn't really go out and get anyone to really push him in terms of early down work, touchdown potential, carrying the workload. Deion Lewis, I'm going to say stock neutral. I mean, he's there. I don't think the role that they envisioned for him when they gave him that big free agent deal last year is going to, obviously warrant that. So maybe this is his final year. If most of the guaranteed money is up after this year, I think he is now a change of pace, pass catching guy. So he'll have his roles. He'll have his moments, but I think, you know, when they're losing, he'll be on the field a lot playing catch up mode, stuff like that. But I don't, and he'll get some work here or there, maybe a series to, to rest Derrick Henry. But I don't think last year people thought it was going to be more 60, 40 Deion Lewis to Henry or 65, 35. I think it's very much the other way now. I think it's more of like 70, 30 Henry to Lewis in terms of the workload and opportunities rushing. And then Lewis will get that, you know, extra value as the receiver and, and some touches there. But I'm not sure if Deion Lewis gets eight or nine touches. They're not like when I talked about Justice Hill getting eight or nine touches when I talked about him for the Ravens. I don't know how efficient those eight to nine touches are makes him anything more than like an RB four, RB three sometimes in full full point PPR. So watch that one closely with Deion Lewis, but I think his value uh, is very much, you know, not, you could even make the case stock down on him, but I'll say stock neutral because they didn't bring anyone else. So he's clearly the number two guy there. So he's going to get looks in the run game and obviously the primary pass catching running back. At the wide receivers, I'm going to say stock down on Corey Davis. And I'm going to say stock down on Corey Davis because he's had two years now to emerge as the as Doug guy, and he hasn't. I still think he's maybe a good dynasty buy if the value is, has dropped. But, I mean, they went out and signed Adam Humphreys. They went out and drafted A.J. Brown in the second round. I think all of that is a little bit of an indictment on Corey Davis not emerging and developing into the guy that thought they were drafting in the top 10. Obviously, coming from Western Michigan, a little bit of a learning curve. We've seen that. He's had moments where he showed that he can be a big-time NFL player, just haven't been consistent. He's had some injury issues. So I think Corey Davis is a stock down because I just don't know if this is a a high volume passing offense. And now they add two more guys who are going to get looks in AJ Brown, and Adam Humphreys more than what they had there. So I do think stock down on Corey Davis, but he still could break out. He still could have value. So I do think he's a good value to buy 
especially if he's not costing you, you know, what he was costing you last offseason. I'm not sure what he, his value on the trade market is, but if he's being valued in dynasty leagues as a wide receiver, pretty sure. I don't mind going to get him. Last year, he was being valued as like a top 15 dynasty wide receiver asset. If he's much more in the 25 to 30 range, I think he's a decent buy in that regards. But I do think that the landscape in terms of what happened this offseason has to say stock down on him with two more guys coming in there who are very, you know, AJ Brown, I think is more talented pre-draft. Many people disagree. I think AJ Brown is a guy who could quickly develop into Marcus Mariota's favorite wide receiver there. His, his physicality, his toughness, his route running, his play strength, I think could really match well with the areas of the field where Marcus Mariota is at his best. So I like AJ Brown, keep a close eye on him how quickly he emerges in that offense. And then Adam Humphreys, I'm going to say stock down based on where his opportunities and his target share in Tampa Bay. I just don't think that's going to be here in Tennessee, but he is a good, solid, above average to good slot wide receiver that they invested heavily in. So now with him and AJ Brown and Corey Davis, I'm not sure how the targets, how the reception production shakes itself out on a run oriented football team with a, inconsistent quarterback so hard to really want to buy in any of them aj brown would be the guy i'd want to buy in because i like his long-term upside the most uh but i could understand getting Corey davis a good value as well i would stay far away from adam humphreys i just don't see the production being there and the opportunity that he was seeing in tennessee at tight end, I'm going to say stock neutral on Delaney Walker coming off a serious injury, missed the entire year, uh, mid thirties. Uh, again, offense has more guys now that throw the football to than the last time we've seen Delaney Walker be an impactful player, run heavy offense. So I think he's more of a high tight end two type, uh, of tight end this year for short term. Jonu Smith, stock neutral on him. They still didn't go out and invest in another tight end. So maybe still some opportunity for Jonu Smith to develop there, but not a guy I'd be banking on uh, long term. So there it is, guys. Every team, every relevant player from the AFC South. Again, if you're enjoying these, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please, if you have any questions on these guys, you're talking trades in your leagues, please reach out to me on Twitter. Always enjoy interacting with you as well. And again, just a reminder, next week, uh, Matt Caraccio returns with the Summer Seminar Series. This year's theme is Player Problem Solver Paradigm. What are the nature of the problems players face on the field and how it should how players solve those problems and the impact it should have on our evaluation moving forward to try to evaluate these guys even deeper and better to try to project them translating at the NFL level. Going to be really, it's going to have a slew of guests, really high level stuff, guys. Make sure you check that out starting next week as well. So on behalf of our sound and tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, Thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.